Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Well, hello, Life Group leaders. We are excited to be with you again as we are continuing the fall series, You Are. This has been a fun series of looking at our true identity in the person of Jesus, the one that has been achieved and proclaimed about us, one that we do not have to manufacture or work towards, but instead it's the one that has been given to us for those of us who follow Jesus. And so this week, we're going to be talking about our identity as a servant. And so, Jeremy, as we get going with this week's content, what's the big idea and the thing that our groups ought to be aiming at today? Yeah, so this week in talking about servant, I I would say in our culture, this is going to be a really countercultural message, but the fact is in in any culture, in any time in human history, like to be a servant, uh, like people, people want to be in charge, right? They want to call the shots. They um, and so to be a servant in any culture has always been kind of a lower status. Um, but to think about it today, especially in our own culture, to look back at what the word says and what what really biblical history throughout the history recorded in the Bible, God's people have constantly referred back to themselves and, and even to Christ himself as being a servant, serving God and, and serving one another and the people around them. So uh, this week, we really just want to capture uh, the essence of what does it mean to be a servant and what does it mean to be uh, a willing and joyful servant? Good words, right? And and there is no greater why other than what Jesus said about himself, right? Mark 10, yeah. 45, that he did not come to this earth to be served, but to serve others. And so for every one of us who considers ourselves a follower of Jesus, quite frankly, if you are not serving, you are not becoming more like him. Yeah. And so the encouragement for for life group leaders and of course our all all of us in our life groups, I should say the assumption is we're trying to become more like Jesus. And this is in my my mind the most practical way for us to take an action step towards becoming more like him. It's to serve. Now, there's lots of ways that we can serve, and I'm sure we'll get into some of that here today. But Jeremy, are there specific things that our leaders can do um, in preparation for this week's discussion? Hopefully, some of the groups, maybe individuals, uh, kind of took time over, while uh, looking at different serve opportunities at the worship services recently. Um, uh, think about the ways that they have grown through serving in their own lives. Just just think back on your own journey to see where God's really grown you. Um, and and almost for sure, there's going to be some of those most significant times uh, that have come through acts of service. And so just try to identify some of those in your own life. Yeah, the more personal stories that we have of either how we have grown in serving or even how others have served us, those kind of personal anecdotes, I do think, add a great flavor or color to um, to our conversation. So it, it could be easy for us to keep this at like a, a surface level. Yeah, I serve. Um, I, I do this at church. I'm a part of this group over here. What could we do to really take this mm-hmm. conversation deeper? Yeah. So I'll give a super quick example from my own life. One of the most profound experiences in my life, I was a seminary student, young, married, man and spent a a jan term in in jamaica of all places 
um, but was in Kingston, was working with this orphanage and discussing cross-cultural ministry. And uh, each day there's this one little boy that had had really taken to me and we really developed a, a friendship while we were there. And near the end of my time there, he took me across the street to uh, uh, and wanted to buy me like this little juice from this little uh, this little shop, this little stand across the street from the orphanage. And at first, my natural response was not to let him do that. Um, and I was there to help him. And how could I let this little orphan boy buy me this gift? And as clearly as any time in my life, I felt the Holy Spirit just impress on me. Um, accept this gift. And if, I, if I'm not willing to accept this gift and to let someone else serve me generously and bless me generously, then there's still part of me that sees me as kind of the hero and, and the savior. And, and he's a, a mission project and not a brother in Christ and a, wow. and a friend and a, and a fellow image bearer of Christ. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you said, even those times when we allow ourselves to be served can really, um, that can really shape the way we see God and see the world around us. What a beautiful example. I, and I like the way that you turned it there at the end of just the fault or the glitch was in you of, of feeling like, no, I'm subtly, maybe not even realizing it. We can walk around believing that we're better than or hero or savior when actually it, to serve and to be served um, is a beautiful recognition of who Jesus is and the importance of what it means to have have peer relationships with every every other person on earth. That's that's an amazing story, Jeremy. Thank you for that. Um, as we look at the leader guide for this week, is there anything in the content that can just you know guide us in a really healthy discussion about being a servant and and really from within the content, are there things that we should avoid, pitfalls that we might need to be aware of? Sure. So first, I would say. Um, what I love about this verse in, in first Peter, uh, that we're using kind of for our outline in this series is that each week we're kind of like, if you imagine a, a diamond, right. And you turn this diamond and there's, it's multifaceted, right? There's no one angle captures the total picture and, and the total beauty, uh, in this case of who we are in Christ. And so, uh, in the, the previous weeks, we've looked at being a child, being a priest, being a bride, uh, and then to, to look at being a servant or some translations would say slave seems just jarring, right? Um, like how, how can I be both the bride of Christ or a child of God or a priest of God, but then also be a servant or a slave? Um, and, and what I love about this text is we get this passage from Deuteronomy that help just unlocks the biblical understanding of this language that is so common. Uh, it, it's one of the main ways that the apostle Paul himself uh, identifies himself throughout his letters. Uh, like in Romans, he uses this imagery of, of being a slave of sin and now a slave of Christ. And that's so hard for us to understand, but we see in Deuteronomy, this picture of, there were all these uh, kind of all the, the different laws in, in the Hebrew scripture were preventing uh, people from falling into just these ongoing cycles of, of poverty or oppression. And there was a constant reset in their culture, uh, financially, culturally, relationally. There was every seven years, there was a year of Jubilee uh, every, you know, on the 49, after 49 years, there was this 
this great time of, of Pentecost, right? And, and so there's this constant reset and starting over, no matter how you had fallen into hard times, um, the idea of serving someone else was a way of really being provided for, but then it wasn't, it wasn't a perpetual condition, condition uh, in the Old Testament. But what we see in Deuteronomy is that sometimes someone would say, this family has been so good to me, or um, for whatever reason, I'm choosing voluntarily, even though I have the right to be free, even though the law has made a way for me to be free, uh, I am choosing to give my life to this family and to become part of this family and, and serve as a part of this household. Um, and so that's such a different picture than what we probably think of, uh, you know, especially as Americans and uh, the form of slavery that was common here in our own land. But to see this this picture of someone saying, I choose to be part of this family, even though I can be free. And that's what's happening to us as, as children of God, that um, yes, we're his child. Yes, we're, we're priests and the bride of Christ. But then a part of our relationship is also this, I am submitting to the goodness of God and saying, I've joyfully willingly give my life to be a part of this household and whatever I can do to contribute to the greater good of this household, I do so joyfully. Wow. As, as Americans, rightfully so, our, our picture of slavery is one of imprisonment and just the most horrific things you can, you can imagine, wow. right? And so for us to wrestle with that term and say, no, this is actually something that we choose, as has been chosen by generations of, of, of Christians, to say, I'm going to attach myself to this family in such a way that says I am not greater than, I am not assuming a position of authority or leadership, but instead to say, I, I actually, the way I heard it from what you just said there, which is so well said, of, um, I don't even feel worthy enough of being anything other than a servant of this family. You know, I, I humbly accept and choose and desire to be a, a, a servant in the kingdom of God because it would be audacious for me to think I deserve anything more. Yeah, it, it really is uh, a beautiful picture. But what's what's so beautiful about that is that's how we could feel, even sort of like the, the prodigal son, right? Like, I'm not worthy to be anything but a servant. But like we said at the beginning of this episode, that this is a multifaceted picture. And yes, on the one hand, we do come and willingly serve because to serve as a part of the household of God, what, what could be better? But at the same time, we are not just a servant. Um, we are also uh, child and priest and, and bride and, and these other attributes that we'll look at. Um, and one other thing I'd, I'd point out is, is that we constantly use the word Lord. And it's, it's a part of our discussion guide that that Lord, when it's not used in all caps to mean mm -hmm. the name of God, Yahweh, uh, Lord is a, was a common title at the time that would translate probably most closely as master. And so throughout scripture, um, the most common way to refer, uh, to refer to to God, the way people would often refer to Jesus when they weren't saying rabbi was, was Lord and so master. And so, again, this, this idea of authority is just a picture of recognizing that uh, God is, if he's all-knowing, he's all-wise, he's all-powerful, he's all-good, um, then we, we can willingly 
and joyfully trust his authority over our lives and everything around us. Beautiful. So as we've kind of, you know, move into this, this, um, this discussion guide, I know that in this week's message, there will be a very clear invitation to action to move towards doing something. You, it's really common for us to talk about this in our life groups. It's a result of being enrooted. Like we, we don't just learn, we, we grow by doing. And that doesn't mean that we don't study God's word. Of course we do, but we, we want to practice it, right? We want to put it into action because that's what we see the church, the, the church do in Acts chapter two. They, they immediately put things into action. And so Jeremy, based off of this week's discussion, and we know that the direction of the message will be action, um, how can we shape a good, healthy discussion about doing something with what we're learning? One thing we can do is just to point back to if anyone um, has any of those uh, things that they're particularly passionate about or that they're already involved in that they can help other people in the group uh, become a part of. Maybe uh, maybe they saw that this past weekend or they've been regularly involved in other things. Um, and, and like we said, we, we want people to be involved in, in every part of our outreach strategy as Mariners to, to pray, uh, to give, to go. But there are all kinds of opportunities to be uh, personally involved in in doing something. And so uh, listen to one another, have people share the experiences they've had or things that they're passionate about. Um, and then also, uh, I, I love that even just this past week, um, uh, that we acknowledge people who serve our communities and, and first responders and, and, and things like that. So there's, I feel like over this past, during the pandemic, we've had this whole new appreciation as a culture for Man, this whole what we would call the service sector, so to speak, like, like they are what we would call essential work. Like we need these people. This is actually a position that was so often overlooked that through circumstances we've realized this is this is a great honor to serve one another and serve our community. So, um, just listen to the experiences that people have had and and kind of. Um, point out some opportunities that you can do things uh, as a group. If you could do it as a group, uh, the way it'll bring the people together in your group through that shared experience is, is even greater than when you, you do it alone. That's right. So Life Group Leaders, we would love for you to be people of action. This week, we have got lots of opportunities through our church teams, right? We did a big volunteer expo at the weekend. There's plenty of teams that you can serve with. We are also heading into our whole outreach fall campaign season. And so there are going to be tons of opportunities for people to serve in the next several weeks. And so I would just say, if nothing else in this week's discussion, Put an emphasis on action and say, we are going to serve. Whether that means we're going to serve together as a group or we're as individuals, we're going to sign up for ministry teams. We're going to find an opportunity to, to serve our, our youth team, our outreach team, our, our high school team, whatever it is. That is what we're talking about. Not just studying, but actually doing. So with that being said, Jeremy, any final words for us for this week? I'm just excited to see what happens when uh, all the people in these groups are are mobilized and and living out uh, the character of Christ in their circles of influence. That's exactly right. One of the one of my favorite questions of church leaders is if your church went away tomorrow, would the community around you care? And it is such a motivating question for me to say, I sure hope so. 
I hope that the city cries out if our church disappeared because of the amount of care, compassion, kindness, generosity, and service hours we put towards other people. So Life Group Leaders, help us with that effort. And um, if you need anything, as always, reach out to us. We can get you connected to various ministry teams and our outreach ministry if uh, you're looking for specific opportunities. So with that, have a great week. We're praying for you. Take care. Take care.